Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here, we, here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demon Cotton, your boy, Q. Very excited about our next guest from NFL Network is Adam Rank. And Adam, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And I was so excited to have you on because you've put out a, a couple different pieces. You went through the Raiders' schedule, and it was very favorable. You also put out a piece talking about Super Bowl or bust. So uh, you've been one of the few, in my opinion, that have been pretty high on the Raiders this offseason. What are you seeing from this team? That, that's got you feeling pretty good about the direction they're going? Well, I mean, like, we saw what happened last season, right? We saw that the Raiders made the playoffs. Everybody comes out and they want to act like the Chargers made the playoffs or the, the Chargers made a big run or something like that. And I know that some other teams made some upgrades and they did some things, but why is everybody sleeping on what the Raiders did? You brought in Devontae Adams, who's arguably the best receiver in the NFL. You add Chandler Jones to form a tandem with Max Crosby, I'm shocked that there's not more people bullish about the Raiders. No, I, I understand, and, and we are here as well on Raider Nation Radio 920. A lot of folks call in and say no one nationally is giving anyone any love, but I keep pointing out that, hey, Adam's on them. Adam's on them. Matter of fact, you had them going 12-5 and five when you went through their schedule and closing out the season on a three-game winning streak. Uh, you mentioned Devontae Adams. Do you think he could have that – that Stephon Diggs type uh, 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 effect on Derek Carr and the Raiders like he did when he went to uh, Buffalo? You know what? That's a great comparison. I've been trying to think of some other instances where a guy comes in and will have that instant chemistry because, again, and this goes back to maybe a lack of knowledge from people across the globe or across the country at least, is that Derek Carr has a relationship with Devontae Adams. They were college teammates, yes, but that was a friendship. That's been going on for quite some time. And to the point, too, that people, again, I don't think it's reported enough, Devontae Adams could have stayed in Green Bay. He could have made as much money, if not more, than he is going to be making in Las Vegas. He chose to play for the Raiders. Let's just put it out there. He chose to be a member of the Raiders. He wanted to play for Derek Carr. I don't know if he was over the theatrics with Aaron Rodgers or anything like that, but I do know that Las Vegas is where he wants to be and there's a definite reason for it. How much do you believe Josh McDaniels is going to help as that play caller on the sidelines to really get the most out of the weapons that Carr has around him this year? Yeah, it is an interesting situation because a lot of times, you know, you have coaches taking over a team that are usually, you know, coming off a poor season or a run of bad luck. Perhaps they're rebuilding. Josh is actually landing into a spot where they made the playoffs last year. They've got an established veteran quarterback who knows what he's doing. And now you're going to be asking him to do some, some different things. But I think that as opposed to what happened when Josh was first in Denver, where it was more of a my way or the highway type of thing, I think he's more adaptive to what he's got working around him. I think he's coming in here. He knows what he's getting into. He knows what his quarterback is. He knows what Devontae Adams can deliver. That's going to be tailored to them. And I think last year's success 
you know, with everything that was going on around them is a testament to the leadership of Derek Carr. But now, for the first time in perhaps a long time, and this includes when John Gruden was there, I think he's got some solid leadership for a change, and I think it's going to be huge. I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Adam Rank from NFL Network here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So when you look at the AFC West, as you mentioned, all the teams in the AFC West look like they've improved in a major way. How do you see this whole thing kind of shaking out? Like I mentioned, you have the Raiders going 12-5. and Yeah, I think that this is going to be one of those divisions where everybody is right around double-digit, double-digit wins. And, I mean, you know, I went through the schedule, like you said. I went through everybody's schedule. I think there's an opportunity that any one of these teams could win the division. Any one of these teams could easily go to the playoffs. I think there's, even though there's a lot of competition within the AFC West itself, you look at it, and if they split their games amongst themselves, three and three, there's still opportunities to win more games. So I, I think that everybody is improved. Everybody looks good. But, again, I keep, I keep pointing it out. I, go, I know that everybody loves all these teams. We love Russell Wilson, and we love Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson and all those guys. The Raiders were in the playoffs last year. They improved on a playoff team. And while the Chargers were a good team, they didn't make the playoffs. And there was a reason why they didn't make the playoffs. So, and that reason was the Raiders, of course. But I think that, again, you're improving a team that was already good. You know, the deficiencies where they had, you know, they gave up a lot of points on defense. But, again, that's why Chandler Jones is there. So I think that they're in a pretty good spot. You know, you put out a piece talking about Super Bowl or bust, and the one thing I've been saying, Adam, to uh, anyone who will listen is that the way that the Raiders in their front office have, have uh, you know, put these contracts together, it really feels like a three-year window. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, I, I, they did. And you know what? I, I also like that they, they weren't afraid to go out there and uh, cut, cut weight, so to speak, or cut some dead weight on some contracts that weren't really – living up to expectations. You think back to a couple of years ago, all the first rounders they had, Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, you know, those guys, they're not, they didn't get their, their fifth year option picked up mm-hmm. and they're really putting it on these guys to go out and prove that they belong in the NFL. And you know what, honestly, I mean, they'll probably be able to move on from them, but I think that they're putting themselves into a position. I mean, you, you trade away picks to get Devonte Adams. You're, you're there to win right now. You're there to win with Derek Carr. You know, you're not looking at a five-year rebuild. This is a team that's ready to compete right now. And, again, I hate to have to keep reiterating it. They were a playoff team last year. <laughs> so I think that they just they didn't, re, they, didn't, they didn't retool or rebuild. They reloaded. And they were ready to make that, that next leap. If you look at that, that, that team, I mean, like Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, there's not better threesomes in the NFL. Who is who is better than who tops them? I I have a hard time finding it. Yeah, I agree. We I think we all agree. Again, it's a lot of good stuff. We're talking with Adam Rank from the NFL Network here on Radio Nation Radio 920. One thing that you put in your piece that really stood out to me in a major way, a lot of folks have talked about Devontae Adams might take a step back because he's not with Rodgers. He's with Carr now. But in your piece, you said, hey, if you look at the numbers that Rodgers put yeah. up before Devontae Adams and you looked at the numbers Derek Carr had without Devontae Adams – they're not really that far off. Not far off. Both these guys were 31 years old or played in their age 31 season when Devontae Adams became a star. Derek, for whatever reason, and it always feels like I have to explain to Raider fans, like, he's a good quarterback. He hasn't had that true game breaker, that true threat. I know that, again, I'm talking about Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Those are good players. Those are excellent players. But Darren Waller is still a tight end. 
Hunter Renfro is an excellent number two. You know what it's like. Like, if you watched the Four Horsemen back in the day, like, <laughs> Ric Flair was the champion, okay? Tully and Arn were the tag team champion. Like, everybody had a role. Like, who is your guy? And they hadn't had that Ric Flair type of person. So then you bring him in, and that's what you're giving to Derek Carr. The numbers that he's been able to put up over the last number of years with all the fluidity at the offensive coordinator position, with all the changes, with all the receivers, you know, not, not drafting the right guy three years ago, and yet he has still gone out there and produced. Now you're giving him the luxury of having a guy who's proven to be one of the best in the NFL, also happens to be his best friend, who he has a great relationship with. I think we're on the verge of something special. 2016, he was in the conversation for the MVP. You see, uh, you see something like that happening with Carr this year? Absolutely. I really do believe that this Raiders team is going to come out firing, ready to go. Derek does a great job also of protecting the football. You know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, doesn't turn the ball over. You know, that's one of the things, that was one of the hallmarks of, of Aaron Rodgers is that he doesn't throw interceptions. Well, Derek doesn't either. And if this Raiders team is winning and they're out there doing their thing, Derek Carr is going to be in the MVP conversation. Talking again with Adam Rank from NFL Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. What are your thoughts on Trayvon Merrick? He played a lot of snaps, almost every snap for the Raiders his rookie year at that safety position. What do you think is in, in for year two for Trayvon? Love it. You know, this is the year that we expect him to, to step up, to take that next progression in his development. You know, getting an opportunity to play last year really benefited him. And he's the kind of guy that will develop into a leader in that secondary. I look at the successful teams around the NFL, or the teams that can sustain success. I always think of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I know over the last couple of years, the Baltimore Ravens have had trouble uh, finding their safety ever since Eric Weddle retired, and they've tried Earl Thomas and things like that. But when you have stability in the back half of your secondary, that kind of eases everything in front of it. And I think that when you put you know, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby on the front, and you got Martin on the back, that's, that leads to success. That kind of, that helps, you know, erase a lot of the deficiencies. And again, going back to what happened last year, the Raiders allowed a lot of points per game. They were one of the mm-hmm. worst in the league in that category. But as long as he can, they started a rookie. Right. Now that he's had a full year under his belt, a full year of learning the position, I think that can end up being one of the strengths of this team. How do you think things change as far as the defense goes with Patrick Graham now as being the defensive coordinator instead of Gus Bradley like he was a season ago? Yeah, Gus Bradley, you know, no fault of his own, you know, respected NFL coach. But I, I, I think making the change is going to be huge for them. And, again, it's, that's one place where they really needed to tweak it. You know, I don't think that Josh McDaniels needs to come in and really get under the hood and philosophically change a bunch of things. But on defense, they're going to make that. They're going to need to do that. And so I think that making the obviously they had to make the change at defensive coordinator. I think it's going to help them. And I think that you know that is the one area where you're looking at again that was the biggest deficiency, but now could end up being one of their strengths. All right, Adam, you are a fantasy expert. You think that Derek Carr is going to have an elite season. So if you had to be all in on one Raiders skill position player when it comes to his results in fantasy, which one would it be out of the big three that the Raiders now have? I mean, are we not? Uh, you know what? I will say this. Darren Waller is somebody I'm still going to rely on heavily in fantasy. 
Devontae Adams is obvious. I think Hunter Renfro will still probably go under the radar as well. But Darren Waller, I know that he rated himself first as the best tight end when he was on total access a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Like, I've been drafting him. I know in a lot of leagues there's a tight end premium now where you get eight points for a tight end touchdown. I think that's where he could really end up making uh, or paying off huge dividends for me. He would. I would actually. Well, I. I still kind of have Mark. I kind of. I still have Mark Andrews and Kelsey ahead of him. Okay. But Darren Waller is my number three tight end coming off the board. All right, and for Devontae Adams, you didn't pick him out of the out of the three that I gave you there. But what do you see him finishing in fantasy I, this season? Do is I he need, still a do top I need five receiver? To? <laughs> oh, okay. Of he is. Like I don't have. I thought that that was obvious. Like I don't. Yes, I'm sir. sorry. Have I not said enough complimentary things about Devontae Adams during the course of our conversation? Like this is. He's an automatic. I was on uh, Good Morning Football this morning. They asked me, Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill? And I said, give me Devontae Adams. you got a bromance going. Anytime you have a bromance, and I know that Tyreek Hill's trying to curry favor by running around the media talking up to a tongue of Iowa. You know who's not doing that? Devontae Adams. You know why? He doesn't have to. He knows how good his quarterback is. He knows that he's got a secure relationship. I don't need the insecure guy. Give me the secure guy. I love it. I love it. That is a great mic drop moment right there from Adam Rank from the NFL Network. Adam, thank you so much for your time. Great stuff you've been putting out. I've been paying a lot of attention to it. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, and we'll be talking soon. That's out. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'm flattered that you guys had me on. Uh, don't hesitate to ask again, and uh, go Raiders. There it is. Adam Rank right there. Hey, now see, Raider Nation always says that they don't hear enough compliments about the Raiders. There was 15 minutes of compliments right there on the Raiders. Adam Rank is very high on the Raiders. And, you know, there's a couple other guys. I mentioned it before. Rich Eisen is pretty high on the Raiders, you know. But, uh, Adam, there was there was a lot to like about everything he had to say, right? So so there's that. And there's the reason why I was excited about having Adam on the show because I've seen all the pieces he's been putting out. I'm hearing everything he's talking about. NFL Network is my go-to show to watch. I mean, I'm always watching NFL Network, so I see him all the time. Lots of good stuff. Raider Nation, you want to chime in on what Adam just had to say? 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash, text line 69187, keyword r Is that enough respect? Holla at us. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Heard that sports update about the Aces having an early morning game. When I'm talking about an early morning game, I was watching them play at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. It was the weirdest thing ever watching a hoop game at 8 in the morning. It was kind of cool, though. And the Aces blew out the Liberty. I mean, when I say blew them out, it was like 1-0-something. I, I, didn't, I didn't even catch what Doug said the score was, but 1-0-something to 70-something. I mean, it was it was a, a, a beatdown in progress. It was people that don't normally get burned was in the game late, right? Getting, <laughs> getting some burn. So, hey, man, if that's what it takes to get dubs, I mean, they haven't lost a game since the All-Star break, right? I mean, they came out, and they were struggling. I was, I'll be the first to tell you, the Aces were struggling going into the All-Star break. But now... Look like they got a little bit of refresh. Look like they got a little bit of recharge, and they're ready to roll. They got a big game on Sunday against the Connecticut Sun. Hopefully tomorrow we'll be able to catch up with Paloma. She's been covering the uh, the Golden Knights as uh, NHL free agency is underway, and obviously that's a big deal here, especially in Vegas uh, with the Golden Knights and seeing what the team is going to be doing. So she's been really caught up doing that. So hopefully we'll catch up with her on uh, on Friday. If not, maybe we'll be able to catch up with her on Monday uh, when everything starts to slow down a little bit. But I want to. Get her thoughts on the Aces as they're uh, they're starting to roll right now, and and that's what they did to start the season. They got on a nice little roll and got out to a hot start, and then of course they closed things out really, really uh, not in a good way. But 
That's why they have the All-Star break, right? Exactly, because they they played the uh, Liberty three games in a row. They were the mm-hmm. team that they also played right before the All-Star break, and they blew right. a fourth-quarter lead. So that just lets you know. They blew a fourth-quarter lead. The, these girls are tired. Like, just give them a break. All-Star break comes around, recharge the batteries, beat the Liberty two times in a row now. I think the biggest issue with the Aces, if there's one Achilles heel, and there's no team that's perfect, there's one issue that the Aces have, it's that they don't have any depth. They really don't. I mean, they have the starters, fantastic. They may have a player or two come off the bench, but they're not very deep. So their style of play, run and gun, run and gun, run and gun. Up, you know, and, and that's great. It works. But when you start getting tired, those legs start getting heavy. That jumper starts going a little short. You know, I mean, the 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 when you're taking it to the hole, you're not getting off the ground. The lift's not there. You know, your uh, your defense is you're a little late on your rotations. I mean, once you start getting tired, everything starts to go to hell. It, it's almost like that they've got to be blowing the team out because, like that Liberty mm-hmm. game, you're up by right. 13 points. You know, start of the fourth quarter, and then you like as fans are looking, what happened? Right. Well, they got they just they ran out of gas. Ran out of gas. Simple as that. Yep. So, uh, hopefully, they're able to uh, you know kind of cruise through a few victories and, and get into the get into the playoffs and and have that run. I mean, because they they they're a good enough team to win a championship. I'll put it like that. They're good enough to bring home a championship. Problem is, are they deep enough to bring home a championship? That'll be the big question. So uh, congratulations to the Aces for getting that early morning dub uh, and a big-time win over the Liberty early this morning. Again, I was watching that game. It was like 8 a.m. It was kind of cool to see. Coming up at 3.30, we have Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. But Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 has some really good interviews already. Stacey Joe Ross from uh, Seattle Sports 710 started us off earlier today talking all things Seattle Seahawks as our training camp two-a-days continued. And then we just heard from Adam Rank from NFL Network talking all things Raiders. And, you know, a lot of folks say that people nationally don't give the Raiders a lot of props, but Adam gave them nothing but props. Nothing but props. I mean, there was, there was really no part of the team that he wasn't talking highly about. Yeah, there was no and buts or yeah right. buts from exactly. him. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I thought that was really good stuff from Adam. Definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. And I always like to bring a, a topic to the table. And, of course, the show, you know, the way it started and getting into different different interviews didn't really have a time, uh, an opportunity to get into those conversations. So I'm looking forward to training camp. There's something I've been saying for a while now that I'm very much so looking forward to training camp next uh, next week. So I want to know from you, Raider Nation, as it gets underway, who do you think needs to prove the most? Like, who do you think needs training camp the most? And I don't mean to get in shape. I mean for them to go out there and prove that they they deserve a roster spot. Like, who really needs to work their tail off to solidify their spot? Because there's certain guys that they're going to work very hard. I don't think that any of the 90 guys that are there aren't going to work hard. But there are certain guys that you know are already on the roster. Devontae Adams is there. Refro's there. Waller's there. I mean, all those guys are there. Who is somebody that you think, man, they really need to make an impression this training camp? And the thing about it is, I think that this can go in a lot of different directions because it's a new regime. So there was times where you'd look at a certain player and, and, you know, like, just say Zay Jones. Let's just say Zay Jones. And you knew that, hey, that's the guy that the coaching staff really likes. Well, this is a new staff. So there's not really a guy that you feel like unless they brought him in, there's not really a, a, a guy that's already been on the roster that you feel like, oh, well, he's in good with the coach. Or like a Nate Peterman. Like, he could do no wrong, right? <laughs> he could do no wrong. He could throw 12 interceptions in practice, and it's like, well, he's got a spot. Scruton's guy. I mean, I never saw him throw 12 interceptions, but I did th- see him throw five in a game. I'm just saying. That's all the proof you need. <laughs> that's all I needed. But no, so you knew that he wasn't going anywhere. 
But there's, I mean, you got a 90-man roster, and it's going to be super competition. Hell, Denzel Perriman, who joined us earlier in the show on the week, or early in the week on this show, he was in mandatory minicamp saying, hey, man, I'm, I'm out here trying to earn a spot just like you guys. Now, I don't think that Denzel Perriman's in any kind of position where he's not going to make the roster, but he's still got to put in the work. But as far as guys that really need this camp, really need to prove who they are, really need to prove their worth, that's who I'm looking for. So let me know about it. 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines. Who we got? Allen in Vegas. Allen, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, what's up, fellas? Chilling, man. I say for a training camp, it's got to be that right side. Leatherwood, he's got to show up and make a really good impression, not just for the coaches, but for his entire offense. Because right now, on paper, this offense is ready to go. I mean, they went to the playoffs last season. I think we can make the playoffs this year. We have a shot to win the division, but only if he can improve his game. And I think he will. Just give him time. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much for that call, Alan. I definitely appreciate you. He's saying the right side of the offensive line, in particular Alex Leatherwood, has to prove his worth. And now I'll say this about Alex Leatherwood. He's not getting cut. You know, he's not going to be a guy that's not going to be on the roster. But to Alan's point, if it comes down to is he going to be tackle, is he going to be guard, that's, that's where he needs to solidify himself. If he wants to be that right tackle, he's got to go out there and put in the work. Yeah, that's why he wouldn't be my answer for this because mm-hmm. even if he's like, hey, we don't think you're a right tackle material – but we still think you can be a pretty good guard. Right. And that's a, that's something nice to He's fall playing back on. in 2022. Exactly. <laughs> he's starting. It's right. either guard or tackle, depending on his play and how much he's improved. Right. But he is going to be a starter on this offensive line. I believe so. Unless something really crazy were to happen, you know, and if that's the case, well, then, I mean, you don't deserve to start, right? I mean, you have every everything in front of you to be a starter. So I, I, I think I'm pretty sure I feel really good that he's going to be a starter somewhere, either at the tackle position or the guard. But I understand where Allen's coming from because, hey, if you want to go out there and solidify yourself as that guy and leave no questions, you go ball out during training camp. And it's hard for an offensive lineman. Let's not make it, you know, let's not get it twisted. It's very hard for an offensive lineman because – You're not blocking – he's not blowing up Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. You know, you're not blocking – it's not a power blocking scheme. So it's a zone blocking scheme, so you're blocking to an area. So it's not even hand-on-hand, man-on-man. It's not – Those big pancake blocks that make it a little highlight, like, oh, look at this offensive lineman. Right, exactly. So uh, that makes it a little bit more difficult – for an offensive lineman, you've got to really go out there during the preseason and uh, get a little bit of burn and maybe show who you can be. And, and even then, who knows how much burn they're going to get in preseason? You know, because we all know that there's not a lot of there's not a lot of guys that you expect to be starters that you see a lot of action from during the preseason. But Alan, thank you so much for that uh, call. We do appreciate you. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who's up next? Rick and Visalia. Rick and Visalia, the five five nine. What's up, Rick? What's up, Q? How's it going? Hey, man, I'm blessed. God, absolutely. We're all blessed. Oh, man. Hey, question. So, you say the, the guy needs to prove it the most. I'm saying Jonathan Abram, okay. 100%. He's going in the last year of his contract, and he's. I feel like he's going to fall out just because of, you know, contract year situation. But he can't cover, and what are you supposed to do? Are you going to put you gonna put him as a safe, like a linebacker safety hybrid and put who, Rod Teamer back there with Merrick? Or, I'm kind of confused what... Patrick Graham's going to do in this defense with a two-safety look. I don't know. Yeah. I, Abram, he scares me sometimes. <laughs> right, right, oh. right. That's my answer. All right. Hey, thank you for that, man. Jonathan Abram, you know the, the thing about that is 
I'm interested to see exactly what his role is, how he, you know, how he plays. You know, we were talking to Stacey Joe Ross earlier from Seattle Sports 710, talking about the Seattle Seahawks, and I've said this about Jonathan Abrams since he's been in the league. I think he's very Jamal Adams-like. I don't think he's Jamal Adams. I think he's very Jamal Adams-like. They have the similar kind of style of play. And Jamal Adams is a guy that I was, I was pounding the table for the Raiders to make a trade for him. I like Jamal Adams a lot. Then they went out and drafted you know, they went out and drafted Jonathan Abram. Aaron's like, Q, there's your Jamal Adams right there. I can see it. Okay, I can see the similarities. Again, he's not as polished as Jamal Adams, obviously. But Adams' struggles are Abram's struggles. You know what I mean? Where Adams thrives, Abram thrives. I'm interested to see how Patrick Graham uses him. Because the one thing we know about Jonathan Abram, and I'm always accused of being the guy that doesn't like him, and it's not, it's not the truth. It's the farthest thing from the truth. I just don't know how you use him all the time consistently. So I guess with the question, it makes it sound like I'm hating on him, which I'm not. I'm just, I'm just wondering how you use him. I like his intensity. I love the, the way that he doesn't mind throwing his body around and, and, you know, doesn't mind walloping someone. I mean, that's great. That's great football. That's the kind of, you know, kind of player where they put a hit on someone. You're like, Ooh, you know what I mean? Like we love that. Right. As, as just as fans in general, we love that. I just want to know how he's used. And I remember last season, when Gus Bradley took over, I said the first thing that should be asked in the, in the interview process when you're trying to figure out who the defensive coordinator is going to be is, how do you envision using Jonathan Abram? I want to know how Patrick Graham envisions using Jonathan Abram. And I know he talked about it in the mandatory media, uh, media uh, time during minicamp. I remember he talked about it, but he said, hey, right now we're just trying to get to know everybody. We got them out there, yada, yada, you know, just kind of coach speak. So now that training camp's coming up, I want to see exactly how they put that plan to work. That's what's going to be exciting because, man, if they can find a defined role for him, he could be a hell of a player. The only thing that has really slowed him down has been injuries. That's it. Because when you find a good spot for Abram, he shows you he could be that guy. He shows you he could be the guy. You just got to put him in the position to succeed. And that's in life. It doesn't matter what your job is. Whoever's in charge is supposed to put that person in position to, to succeed. I say it all the time. Lotus Broadcasting didn't hire me to write blogs. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not a writer. I can talk. That's what I do. You know, so put me in a position to succeed. That's all we do. So that's that's going to be interesting. Aaron actually had the same uh, tweet. I just saw the tweet right now. I'm going Jonathan Abram for the most approved training camp. Didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. He needs to show up for the Raiders or to get a contract from another team. That's another. That's a great point. Great point, just like Rick was saying. You know, uh, you know contract years are always big. For players, they always want to go out there and prove it in their contract year. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Gangster Raider. Gangster Gangster, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's happening? I want to say um, Adam Rain gets it. He's probably one of only few national reporters that gets it. You know what I'm saying? He finally he finally got the voice how he really feel on Raider Nation Radio. And I agree with everything he said, except I, I think we're going to win more than 12 games. You know what I'm saying? Also, I agree with him saying the media act like the Chargers were the one that made the playoffs and we were the one that made the playoffs. And the reason they went out and got um, Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson was because of us. They needed them because they know they need to try to beat us. You know what I'm saying? That's why we, I know when we beat them this first game opening up this season, we're going to really be in their heads because they did all this to try to come and beat us in the very first game. They already lost to us again, just like we ended their season. I agree I agree with um, Adam, and I think we're going to go undefeated. You know what I'm saying? Remember what you heard at first. And my, my answer to your question, it was Jonathan Abram, but since the previous caller took my answer, I want to say the, the uh, cornerbacks. You know what I'm saying? Because I was watching the um, the last game against the Chargers, 
um, when we beat them to go to the playoffs. And um, Faison was a very big part of that game. I don't think we win that game without um, Faison, um, the cornerback, mm-hmm. and he's gone now. So I I think our whole cornerback room needs to step up, it, even Trayvon Martin, all the quarterbacks. And also, uh, I agree with Adam Ray says about our defense, because I think Patrick Graham, if you look at his last two or three years in the league, all the teams that he uh, was doing the defensive coordinator for, they improved and they um, – points allowed per game. You know what I'm saying? Tremendously they improve. I forget the numbers, but I think one year they went from 21st to 12th and something like that. I think he could do the same for our team because that was our Achilles heel. We allowed so much points. But if he can cut it down by at least, let's say, Seven to no, to um seven to nine points a game. You know what I'm saying? And we scoring. I so I think we're gonna score with 38 points a game. That's why I feel we're gonna go undefeated. You know what I'm saying? So I think the defense, our secondary, starting with Trayvon Murray, our secondary needs to step up. Other than um um Abrams, you know what I'm saying? And also I want to vent. Why is why does Brett Favre get? I mean not Brett Favre. Why does Aaron Rodgers get all this love? Like he's um instant first ballot all of favor. He only has one. Super Bowl and Charles Woodson really should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl when he won it. So where where's all this love? I think it's because of Stephen A. Smith calling him a bad man every day on ESPN. But where's all this? Where's, where's all this love for Aaron Rodgers coming from? He only got one Super Bowl. He's not really even in the championship game that much. I think he played in what three or four championship games his whole career. And how did he's a first ballot walk on Hall of Famer? Hall of Famer. Explain that to me, Q. I'm gone. Gotcha. Hey, thank you for the call, Gangster Raider. And yeah, there's no doubt. Aaron Rodgers is the first bout Hall of Famer. I mean, he is. I mean, there's there's absolutely no doubt. Now, I'll say this. His playoff success has not been there. You're absolutely 100% right. He only has one Lombardi. No doubt about it. But the numbers and everything that he's put up during the regular season throughout the course of his career is fantastic. I mean, he, he is one of the best to do it. I mean, there's there's just no there's no ways around that. You know, and, and there's a lot of things that, that you could say about him, but he's definitely – one of the best quarterbacks to do it. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no doubt. Again, you have to look at what he's done in the regular season. You've got to look at just the, the effortless way that he almost plays with that when he throws the ball. I mean, there's, there's a lot to like about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that he's going to go, you know, and, and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but he's, he's a damn good quarterback. Four MVPs. That's what makes someone. I know you. Oh, the MVP suggestion. There's that. Uh, <laughs> like who, who? They're voting because they like them. Blah blah blah. But come on. Yeah. You don't win four MVPs by just being mid. No, no, you don't. So that's that's the other thing too. Four MVPs is nothing to shake a stick at. That is massive right there. So there's that. But uh, yeah, I mean, look again. The playoff success hasn't been there. You're right. You know, there's there's years I look and say, wait, Green Bay dipped out already. What's going on? You know that that shouldn't happen. But. It does. Last year, they shouldn't have lost to San Francisco. They did. Not necessarily saying it's his fault, but he's part of the team. year before that, he wants to blame it on the coach. Yeah, last year he could blame it on special teams. That's why Rich Passaccia is there now, right? <laughs> I mean, there's no way, uh, you know, no, no two ways uh, around that. 3.35 is the time. We're supposed to be checking in with Vinny Bonsignor. Do we know if we got him? Is Vinny... Is Vinny... Yeah, we... we ooh, ooh, did we wow. remember? No, man. You know what? Let's but, go out to Fargo Raider. And then we'll check in with Vinny because we got Fargo Raider on hold. Let's All get right. him on first before. Okay, Fargo Raider, welcome to the show. Hey, Q and Demond, thank you for taking my call. No um, doubt. Um, I, I have something in store, but I gotta address this. So you guys are saying here first. I get what you're saying, and I get what everybody else says about Rodgers. But I'm, I'm I want to counterpoint it with this: Romo and Rivers back out the wazoo. 
some people are like, yeah, they should get in off of that alone. I don't. We don't get that luxury with Carr. If Carr continued to put up numbers but didn't get the trophy, would anybody consider him in that, in that league? No. Get the trophies. That's the name of the game. He's what got wins. He's won. Right, he, hold, on, hold on. He's got a lot of regular it. season wins, though. I get it. I get that. So let's say now Carr goes on and he has a bunch of wins. He offsets that bad stats that he has. I don't believe that still makes him a Hall of Famer. I believe two or more rings on your fingers should make you a Hall of Famer. I get that he is a Hall of Famer because of his, of his acumen, but right now he's not that guy. Same with Russell Wilson. You could talk him up all you want, but he, first of all, that Legion of Boom won him the, the ring that he wears on his finger so proudly, and he ain't been the same man in the last five years that he was in those. So I get, I get that they have this, you know, this long history of being great players, but at the same time, like right, we're talking about right now, they put him up there in that same level that he was in those days when he can't get past the Niners. He can't get past them in the playoffs. He, he's, mean, in the playoffs in the last, what, he's in the playoffs to play him, though. Yeah, but so were we last year. I mean, what does that have anything to do with anything as far as the league is concerned? It doesn't. You don't go to the playoffs to say you win. You go to the playoffs to win. Gotcha. You go to the playoffs to have a shot at the trophy. Gotcha. So I get the I get the the you know the argument that gangster Raiders trying to say. I sometimes take you know a little bit of a of a sideways view at it for the same reason. But I, like you say, you know he has won those MVPs. He did get a ring. But right now, you know, like I don't think he's the guy that was then. And then as far as the, that brings me to the point of the guy I think who has the most to prove, and this is because of his own because of his own mouth. They say, in the, there's a Spanish saying that says that the fish dies by his own mouth because he's the one that bites the hook. And Carr said, I know everybody remembers, he said that he was going to unlock a whole other play that he, was ne- that he could never get to without Adams, and now he hasn't. So now everybody's, no, all the excuses are going to be gone. So the expectations are up there that he can now unlock that extra play that he could do. So I think that's who has the most to prove, and because he told us that he had a lot more in him. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a great day. Absolutely. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the details and the breakdown. That's Fargo Raider. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Carr, he has a lot to prove this year. Um, and obviously he's going to work very hard in training camp. I don't think you're going to be able to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think we're going to be able to come out of training camp. Like, when we'll talk to Vinny and we're going to check in with him in just a second, I don't think Vinny's going to be able to come in here and say, hey, man, what I saw from Carr today at, at, at practice was outstanding because there's only so much that you're going to see. It's not going to really change too much. When I'm really talking about guys that have a lot to prove in training camp are guys that, you know, have to prove that they are worthy of that roster spot. Carr's not only worthy of the roster spot, I mean, that's that's his spot. I'm not going to touch the Aaron Rodgers conversation because obviously we're, we're, we're not going to agree, and that's okay. We're, <laughs> we don't have to. That's the beauty of, of this station and, and the beauty of the show and the beauty of this country. We don't all have to agree. That's okay. I think Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. I don't think that there's any questions, but, hey, if you don't, hey, that's cool. Cue real quick. Let me just throw out a couple more numbers. <laughs> no, see, I don't even need no, them. No, but he's top ten all time in I wins. I know. Wins matter. Yes, like Rick, you got to get to the playoffs, right, to even be eligible for that. Top 10 all-time in wins. And if we're going by need two Super Bowl rings for a Fargo Raiders point there, there would only be like seven quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame then. 
if it was hey two two multiple like Super I said, wins. like I said, I wasn't going to touch the Aaron no, Rodgers I, I, conversation. I just, I just wanted to. Okay. I'll let you fall back. I just wanted to. Yeah, I don't mind falling back sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I, I digress. All right. There it is. 3.40 is the time. Let's go and check in with uh, my guy, Vinny Bonsignor. He's over at Tuscany Ranch. Vinny, how's everything going? Doing great here at uh, the Tuscany Suites uh, and Casino uh, over at the uh, Pub 35. And I'm listening to the conversation. Did somebody actually question whether Aaron Rodgers deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Is that a real thing? Um, it was something like that. It was one of those, like, he hasn't really done anything lately. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I I don't understand where that's coming from. And, and the thought that Derek Carr needs to prove himself. I mean, I'm not feeling that. I think Derek Carr is one of the certainties on this team. He's going to do his thing. Devontae Adams is going to do his thing. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, that running back uh, group. Uh, I think where you start looking at, all right, these guys need to step up. The offensive line, um, the cornerbacks, uh, the secondary. That's where, you know, when I'm looking at what needs to step up, what areas of the team uh, need to prove themselves, that's where I'm at. I think all those veterans that we just talked about, from mm-hmm. quarterback to wide receiver to tight end to running back, I think that's going to be one of the certainties of this team. All right, Vinny, i got to give you a word of advice. Over at Pub365, get the poutine fries, man. It's the best $11 you can spend in the city. I have heard that. By the way, this is right up your alley, um, Damon. Uh, July 16th, which is Saturday, uh, they're having an all-the-beer-you-can-drink fest. It's the 6th Annual Silver State Brew Fest. Wait, hold on. Why is it going to be up his alley? How come it can't be up mine? I was getting to you, Q. I was getting to you, Q, because there's also lots of food involved and music. Nice. So uh, I, was, I was going with the beer for Damon, because Damon can burn it, man. Well, you do, too. Right. Uh, I don't know what, what you guys are doing uh, off to the side, but, uh, but you guys are able to burn it off. So uh, I'm pushing the beer on Demont because I know he's going to be able to handle it. Right, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, in my older age, man, I need, I need to, I need to get away from the beer. It's bad on the, on the, on the figure. You know what I mean? I got to exactly. start, I got to start checking my waistline. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think all, you know, the other thing that, because uh, by the way, shout out to our good friend Adam Frank from the NFL Network. Uh, always great. I'm glad you showed some some uh, discipline and not bringing up his angels because his angels are on a free fall. Oh, I know. So uh, let's not bring that up. But this whole notion that Raider, that the Raiders are getting dissed by the national media or, I don't know. I mean, Devontae Adams just showed up number one on the wide receiver list. Chandler Jones is number seven, and Max Crosby is number five mm-hmm. on the defensive end list. Derek Carr is an honorable mention quarterback right now on a top ten list. I feel that's fair. Uh, Josh Jacobs got votes for a top 10 running back position. I think that's fair as well. So I'm not feeling the notion that they're getting disrespected at all. No, I I understand. And and that's been kind of the campaign I've been on for a while is trying to bring to the table and show people that, no, there's actually a lot of people talking about the Raiders right now. So uh, what you have to do instead of just talk about it, you actually have to bring it to the forefront and show. And so I think that we've done a really good job of highlighting that and showing that. Yeah, no question about it. And if you talk now to Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and everybody else, even when we were talking to them uh, in OTAs and minicamp, they were keeping a little bit reserved. Yeah, we got to go show it on the field. Yeah, um, we have a chemistry. Yes, there's a lot of talent on this field. Yes, we're putting the pieces together right now, learning the offense, getting it together. But you, f- you sensed even from them, no more talking about it, no more trying to convince people uh, that they're better than you know what, what some people might think. It's time to get on the field and prove it. And ultimately, you know, Q, you know this. Anytime you talk to a coach, an athlete, they're in the prove it or don't prove it world. And for them, I think they're at the point where it's time to put up or shut up. Basically, that's where the bottom line is. And if the Raiders want respect, like big-time respect, 
they got to go out on the field and prove it. And I think that they understand that, and they're ready to seize that moment. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And so, uh, Vinny, let us know where you're at again and what's going on and uh, what kind of prizes you got out there. We are at Pub 365. We've got shirts. We've got cups. We've got uh, um, uh, collector item books. We've got hoodies. Uh, we've got uh, uh, great you know, obviously there's great food and drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devon just brought up the, uh, the the fries, which I would highly recommend. There's a pub platter, uh, the poutine uh, fries. There's a tuna poke. Uh, there's a sweet and spicy cauliflower uh, bites. There's everything that you can want, plus great drinks. It's a great atmosphere. So uh, come on down, Pub 365. Uh, we're here till whenever tonight uh, and looking forward to uh, meeting and greeting the fans. Man, I sure wish this was a Friday night. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Also, Vinny, one thing you didn't say, the wings there also oh, yes. delicious. I think I saw somebody just order some wings, so uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. I'm going to be monitoring that situation. Nice. I like it. I like it. All right, well, Vinny, hold tight, man. We're going to check back in with you about 20, 25 minutes, and we'll see how everything's going, and uh, I got some more stuff for you. All right, awesome. Sounds good, guys. All right, there's Vinny Bonsignor. He's doing it real big. Go out and check him out. Be safe. I think I just – was that thunder we just heard? It was something. Uh-huh. It's either that or somebody <laughs> trying to break in the building. Well, we've had that too. <laughs> so I hope it was thunder. I really hope it was thunder. 345 is the time. The question I want to throw out there to you, as training camp gets underway next week, who do you think needs to prove it the most? Who is the one that needs to prove their roster spot? Get at us. 69187, keyword r Got a lot of text. We'll come back with that, plus your calls. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. Here we are kicking off almost the third hour of the show. It's got a little quick segment here, and then we'll get into hour number three. We'll have Greg Beecham from the AP join us to talk all things L.A. Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions, as they head into training camp. And there's only one team that can be the Super Bowl champ, so I feel like that that team probably feels pretty good about themselves heading into training camp. Just a guess. Just a guess. <laughs> They probably feel pretty good. So training camp two-a-days continue on, starting off in hour number three of the show. Greg Beecham from the AP, he'll join us to talk all things Rams. We've been throwing out the question, as training camp gets underway next week, who do you think needs to prove themselves the most? Has some really good answers. How about this one from Mailman Raider? Q, how about Foster Moreau? McDanny schemed it up. He schemed it up for Gronk and Hernandez. Think he needs to prove more now than ever. I don't know what's up with his contract, but this should mean uh, a money year for him and this would be a money year for him thank you so much for that mailman raider appreciate that text and yeah again this would be a a money year for foster Moreau. if he can go out there and really ball out and really ball out i mean he had moments last season when he was in for darren waller where you saw okay you saw the talent there i just to me i didn't see the consistency but i saw the i saw the flashes i think he could be really good i think he has to still improve his blocking and I know that he has to improve his consistency as far as being a route runner and getting open. There was a couple times, though, he made some some catches that were like, wow, how'd he catch that? You know, like Carr threw it in a certain spot where where he had to, you know, adjust his body and, and, and reach his arms out and, and make the catch, and he did, and they were tough catches. So you know he's got it in him. You know the team respects him. You know he has to trust the Derek Carr. That's something that that is, is a good thing. When you have Derek Carr's trust, he's going to throw you the rock. So the opportunities are going to be there. He's got to go out there and prove to be consistent. So I like that a lot. That's a good one. Thank you, Mailman Raider, for that. How about all day Raider A? Cleve Farrell and Amik Robinson on defense need to prove it. And on offense, Moreau and Drake need to get it done. So another one for Foster Moreau and Kenyon Drake. And Kenyon Drake, to me, is a, an interesting one as well. I know he's playing on Team Jacobs on Monday at the uh, LV Ballpark. I don't, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how healthy he is. 
right? Because obviously he had the season-ending uh, uh, injury last season, and then he goes into the offseason, and he's doing all the rehab, and we didn't see him out there on the field during mandatory minicamp. So I'm assuming that he's close to being 100%, if not 100%. I'm interested to see how what his role is. Because the one thing we know about the Raiders is they have a ton of running backs in that in that room right now. Currently, what, seven? Yep. So something's got to give. You know, I, I've, I've heard plenty of people, and, I, and we'll ask Vinny when we, when we jump back on with them, probably about 4.15. I've heard some people say, you know, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Brandon Bolden, Zamir White, those will be the guys that are basically the the rotating dudes for the for the running back position with Jakob Johnson being the fullback. I can see that. I could also see Josh Jacobs, Zamir White, and Brandon Bolden and having like a three-man rotation and maybe Kenyon Drake being the odd man out. I don't know that. I'm just saying. <laughs> having seven running backs is a lot. I, there's no way, if you, even if in training camp he doesn't prove himself and McDaniels thinks – Hey, man, we're kind of better without him. You got to move on from him then because what's he making, $6 million this year? He's making a lot. Yeah, that's, he's got, that's, yeah, that's he's got money, a big that, cap hit. That's good money for a running back. Right. No, so he's got a big cap hit. you can't pay someone that much and just say, ah, we're just not going to use him. Right. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what his role is. So I, I like that one. Um, Vegas Pete said, pushing. what about pushing Hobbs outside and move Abram to nickel corner? That way he's closer to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, but he his you don't want to put him in coverage like that. That nickel corner spot is tough. You're usually they're usually covering the best slot receiver. That yeah, that's I mean, could you imagine Jonathan Abram on Hunter Renfro? I mean, could you just think about that? Like when you think about it, just put it in that perspective and say, yeah, not a good idea. I I, I stumbled upon a tweet last night actually, and it was someone's like just the Raiders. It was the, this is we should have known Devontae, not, not Devontae. Damon Arnett, where it wasn't going to be that good for him because the Raiders, they just tweeted, Hunter Renfro's got us looking like that too. And it was just a route where he had him looking silly in practice. And it's just, that would be John Abram. He would have to be that guy to cover him. And if corners can't do that, it's not well, it's not a good idea to put a safety who can't cover that well in that position. Right, right. No, exactly. So, again, I vision, and this is just my vision, I think of Jonathan Abram in the Jamal Adams role. That's exactly what I think he should do and do like he was last year where he was thriving. You know, the closer to the line of scrimmage he could play, the more he could dominate, the more physical he could be. And that's perfect for him. That is who he is. And I think that that would be a good role. I would like to see him, and this is just me, I'd like to see him rush the quarterback more. There were seasons where Jamal Adams had, what, eight or nine sacks. I mean, look it up. He, there, was, there was years with the Jets and the Seahawks where he was the leading, leading uh, sacker. He was the best pass rusher ever from coming from the safety spot. I would love to see that. Oh, man, his 2020 season, nine and a half sacks. That's what I'm saying. Whoa. I would have no problem with Jonathan Abram playing that role. You know what? I don't think Jonathan Abram would have a problem playing that role. You think he wouldn't want to get after the quarterbacks? You think he wouldn't lock in on Patrick Mahomes and say, you know what, you've been locking in on me in coverage. <laughs> I'm about to lock in on you. I wouldn't have no problem. I think that would be a great role for him. Now I want to see maybe Jabril Peppers have some sacks as well because, you know, Patrick Graham yeah. having to use him. So He does. So he's got experience with using the I think that the that's, safety that's not so good at coverage because right. Jabril Peppers is no, no, you know, he's no world beater. No. So he had to scheme around that as well. So I think Patrick Graham's going to know what to do with him. And the thing about it is it's okay if you're not that great in coverage. Football players don't have to have every single tool to the, the, the trade, right? But it's up to these coaches and coordinators to to – see what they do well, and get the most out of them. So if he's that guy that you, okay, you know what, he's not that great in coverage, but he's great moving forward, 
and he's great, you know, near the line of scrimmage, guess what? You should probably play him near the line of scrimmage. I think the dude could be phenomenal. You just have to use him right. And 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 I don't think that should be a surprise. 356 is the time. Keep those texts coming. 69187, keyword R&R. Let us know as training camp gets underway next week, who do you think needs to be out there to prove the most? Who really needs to prove that that roster spot is deserving of them? Let us know about it again. 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, we kick off hour number three of the show. Greg Beecham from the AP. He'll join us to talk all things Rams. Plus, we'll be checking in with Vinny Bonsignor. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.